0: You stumbled into that leadership position. You had a big vision, big ideas, but it hasn't gone quite as you planned. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Accidental Leader Podcast with your accidental leader, Bo McDonald. Welcome back to the Accidental Leader Podcast. I'm Bo McDonald, your host, and fellow accidental leader. I want to thank our sponsor, your marketing company, for strategic planning, strategic marketing, and new websites with a delightful experience. You can uh, contact my team at yourmarketing.co. That's yourmarketing.com. So I took a pause over the summer. You may have realized, wait a minute, Bo, where have you been? It's been like two months since we've had a new accidental leader podcast. You are correct. Took some time over the summer to uh, enjoy some travel. Start planning out the next season of uh, podcast episodes. I've got some great guests lined up for the next set of episodes. But today, today, I'm running solo. Before I bring in more guests to share their stories of accidental leadership, I wanted to take this episode just to share one of my most recent leadership struggles as an accidental leader. Some of my thoughts, some of my struggles, and also a little bit about what I've learned as I've gone through that struggle three two one for more resources and to listen to past accidental leader podcast episodes visit the accidentalleader.com courtesy of our sponsors your marketing company and uncommon So I posted a quote on my personal Facebook page recently that kind of sums up how I've been feeling about the podcast. Listen to this. You're not a perfectionist. You're insecure about how your best effort will be received. Uh, Sometimes I I see things like that as I'm scrolling through books or emails, and I share it on my Facebook page, hoping that something profound like that, someone scrolling through Facebook, they might stop and I might speak to them and I might make a difference in their life. And as I posted that, and I read the words after I hit post, I realized right then and there, I was the person that needed to hear that. You're not a perfectionist. You're insecure about how your best effort will be received. You know, I've got a spectacular production company behind me that assists with producing and distributing this podcast. So I know it sounds pretty darn good, but I've been second-guessing my ability to share these thoughts with you authentically over the last couple of months, over the summer while I've, I've taken the time off and been pondering, what is next for this podcast? Who is next for this podcast? I started looking back at some of the people who have liked the Accidental Leader LinkedIn page. I started getting a little bit of heartburn. Former employees of mine who were with me in my early days of, of being a leader and running my company, and I can't even use the term leader, tyrannical manager. I was John number two. If you go back to episodes number one and episode number two, if you are with me, then you understand what I'm talking about. I was a tyrannical leader. I was John number two, and even current team members that, that I lead, knowing that I'm not perfect, yet here I am preaching leadership values. Here I am with a podcast. About leadership. What are those people that are listening that I've had to lead in the past that I'm leading currently? What do they think about what I'm saying? You know, I could see eyes rolling and the words practice what you preach, man, rolling off their tongues. But I'd come to the realization that the name of this podcast is the accidental leader, not the perfect leader. Being an accidental leader means that you're not perfect. You're you're thrown into something that you never planned on doing. No training, but here you are doing it, learning as you go. You're not a perfectionist. You're insecure about how your best effort will be received. I keep going back to that quote. You know, being an accidental leader isn't a pass on being an ass. It does mean though that I have to realize I'm not perfect and still learning and finding my way as a leader. And that's the point of this podcast, not to tell you what a great leader I am, but to share my leadership stories in the hopes that perhaps you will learn from my mistakes, or perhaps you're in the same boat as I am right now, and you've got an opportunity to learn from that. My good days way outnumber my bad days as a leader compared to years past. I know I still fail. I get short, I get agitated, I get salty, and sometimes I I know I don't respond how I should. I sometimes find myself passing over the good and just focusing on the bad, yet here I am preaching leadership to you. So I was debating continuing this podcast, what do I do with it? That quote that I shared a moment ago, that came up in a daily Stoic email, it, it hit me and it hit me hard. You're not a perfectionist. You are not a perfectionist. You're insecure about how your best effort will be received. Being totally transparent, I am indeed insecure about how my best effort with this podcast is received. Will former employees call it hogwash? I remember working for that guy. He was John number two. What an ass. Will current team members say it's just lip service? Practice what you preach, man. You're on here talking leadership. Why can't you be a good leader to me? And I guess I'm sensitive to this because I've worked with others in leadership circles who don't necessarily practice what they preach. i listen to their podcast, follow them on social media. I see the things they say. Some of them I've gotten to know personally. And I want to say, practice what you preach, man. So I guess I'm just very in sync with this. I don't want to be that person because at some point you get found out reality hits and the charade is over or is it? So my question was, do I continue this podcast or do I put it to bed? Am I good enough to be hosting a podcast on leadership or should I leave that to the professionals? Should I leave that to the good leaders, the perfect leaders I have something to share and something that may help you? Well, the answer is I'm indeed going to continue the Accidental Leader Podcast, but I'm also going to be totally transparent and use it to continue to share my leadership failures as I lead my team and clients through the day-to-day, if not for pure accountability, to remind me that people are watching what I say and then what I do, and then to share my failures with you and try to help you avoid them. I'll pay your stupid tax for you. I'll pay it, I'll do it, I'll share it, and hopefully give you opportunities to do better than I do, to learn from me. So what have I been struggling with recently as a leader? Stoicism. That means a a lot to a lot of people. I could probably do three podcast episodes, if not more, on what is stoicism. But the piece of stoicism I've been struggling with is keeping my cool. How I react to things. Now, for those of you, if you are listening and and you worked for me 10-ish years ago, you know, I used to be a pretty big hothead. And for several years, I've gotten better. I learned to pause. I learned to stop before speaking, before getting agitated, before reacting. But as of late, I find myself reverting back to my old ways and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like how I feel. I don't like how it makes others feel. I just don't like it. Have you ever had this issue as a leader? You think you improve in one area. You're so damn proud of yourself. And then all of a sudden you notice one day bad habits are creeping back in. That all of that work you did is becoming undone. It's like being so damn proud that you've lost a hundred pounds and all of a sudden you're back up 50. What have I done? I worked so hard to get there. It feels like all of that work was for nothing. So I started reflecting, how did I get there? How did I get there? City politics is one of them. You see, I moved to Liberty, South Carolina about three years ago, a tiny little city uh, between Greenville, South Carolina, and Clemson of about 3,200 people. When I moved here, I've been so used to city life, being able to walk outside of my door and having 100 plus restaurants to go to. So many different kinds of restaurants. I moved to Liberty, South Carolina. Wow. I don't have that luxury. It is a more laid back way of life. I love it. I love it. And I drove through our downtown. And I noticed there were some cool old buildings down there. But They were mostly vacant. Old, vacant buildings, but, but so cool stuff from the early 1900s that you'll never be able to build again. Those buildings have just been sitting there rotting. And As someone who's invested in real estate over the last 10 years, I found myself in a labor of love, a new project, revitalizing downtown Liberty, South Carolina. I bought one building. Donna Garrick leased it from me. She opened a a cool little craft beer and wine bar. It's not just a bar. Use the word bar. And that's something that frustrates me as well. Our elected officials and on our city council continue to talk about, that's where the sin happens, that's a bar, alcohol is served there. Yet they've never stepped foot in there. Hops and harvest that Donna has opened in my building. It's turned into a gathering spot where people are making new friends, old friends now finally have a place to gather. There's stuff to do in the city, music, bingo, trivia. It's just plain old fun. It's a brand new social scene that we've never had here in quite some time. And I get frustrated when people try to undo all of the good that is being done. Another building I bought after that, a 7,000 square foot building, a restaurant on the bottom, apartments on the top. It sat vacant for over 10 years. You can't even imagine the horrible shape that this building was in. And not only do I buy it? But then there's a gentleman who says, I want to lease this space and put a restaurant in there. This gentleman has spent more money on the interior of that building of that first floor to get a, get that space ready for his restaurant that I paid for the the building. And I I don't take that lightly. So when the city put a stop work order up and in February, as the tenant and I tried to work with the city, to get back to work, to get permitting done. Stall, stall, excuse, excuse. And I was getting frustrated. Instead of remembering stoicism, instead of remembering that I have control over how I react, I started reacting pretty poorly. Started saying things that are out of character, at least from what should be out of character. Maybe not out of character for me 10 years ago. I started reacting poorly. I was frustrated. It was out of my control. How do we get this guy back to work so that he can get his restaurant open? He's paying rent on this place. He's already invested so much. How do we get him back to work and get this restaurant open? One, for him, but two, for the city to have this beautiful new restaurant that we've never had anything like this in the history of the city. So there was a lot going on personally with some of my side projects, but then, but then at YM, see if you've been following been following our our story for the last year. You know, we've got some pretty big changes coming up. We've made so many changes so far this year. But like any project, you you get behind for various reasons. Because you realize, before I do this, I've got to do these three things you didn't think about as you entered into that project. Then there's just the day-to-day team members that need coaching, which I love. I love on some things. I, I love coaching my team on growth learning new things on growing on being better what frustrates me is the basics like hey man you got to return that email i get frustrated when i have to say things like that and i found myself having to say that more recently i found myself getting really frustrated again out of character for me as of late maybe not 10 years ago but i didn't like it so what's the issue what was my issue What is your issue when you start feeling like that? When you start reacting to things? Control. One word. Control. I learned through coaching several years ago that I needed to be in control. I'm a high D. If you follow DISC, I'm a 98 D, which means I am task. I want to power through. I want to get it done. I want to move on to the next thing. And When something gets in my way, I get very frustrated. And I used to lose my cool. I used to steamroll people. I used to push right through and get things done. I realized, sure, that might get things done, but you have a lot of people crying on the side of the road when you just push through a project like that. So I learned through coaching several years ago, I have got to be in control. And If something is out of my control, either my anxiety kicks in big time or at least patience, and I try to control the situation with my words, my volume, my actions, neither of which are helpful. So several years ago, I realized I've got to transform my frustrations into acceptance, my anger into understanding. I've got to focus my limited time each day because it is limited time. You only have so much time. I need to focus on things that create real impact and change in my life and others, rather than focusing on things that that waste it, like frustration. And I realized we can't always control what happens to us, but we can decide how we react to it. A simple thing that I learned several years ago that I've been unlearning over the last couple of months Our response is our responsibility, and it is a choice. I started reading those words, and I realized I was out of control. There were things happening that were outside of my control, and I was trying my best to control it, and I couldn't. You never will. You never will. You may think that you can control something. You never will. One of the ancient Stoics spoke in great detail about the idea of control and said this, Correctly identifying what is within our control and what is not is number one. Number two, focusing our effort on the things within our control and learning to accept what is not. So Let me spend a little time there and explain some more and and unpack that and and read a little more. If you're struggling with being out of control and how you react when you're out of control, let's spend a little time here. Some of the stuff that I've learned over the last couple of weeks, rereading and relearning things, understanding This distinction is important because no matter how much we try, no matter how upset we get or frustrated we become, we cannot change the things outside the reach of our control. It's simple. A life of attempting to control the uncontrollable, it's undoubtedly going to lead to bitterness, frustration, and wasted effort. And that's how I was feeling. I found myself recently just bitter and frustrated and tired, wasting good time that could be spent on something that actually could make a difference. I was stewing on On silly, silly things, city politics, elected officials that were holding up permits, the actions of others who couldn't respond to a silly email in a timely fashion. That's what was taking up my time. Let me read this a little more from one of the Stoics. The chief task in life is simply this to identify and separate matters. So that I can say clearly to myself, which are externals not under my control, and which have to do with the choices I actually control, where then do I look for good and evil? Not to uncontrollable externals, but within myself, to the choices that are mine. What is good and what is evil? How do you label that? And how do you react to it? Boy, let me tell you, I, I let some of the city officials have it. Probably could have been more constructive about it. Should I have said the things I said? Probably not the way I said them. As I reflect back, there's probably a better way I could have handled that. It was totally out of my control. So I go back to how did I control it? My words, my volume. But I still wasn't in control. Made nothing better. Just made me more frustrated. So let me go on with with what the Stoics have said. Let me unpack this a little more. There are things that are within our power and things that fall outside our power within our power are our own opinions aims desires dislikes in some our own thoughts and actions outside our power are our physical characteristics the class into which we were born our reputation in the eyes of others and honors and offices that may be bestowed on us working within our sphere of control we are naturally free independent and strong Beyond that sphere, we are weak, limited, and dependent. You pin your hopes on things outside your control, taking upon yourself things which rightfully belong to others. You are liable to stumble, fall, suffer, and blame both gods and men. It's going to make you bitter. But if you focus your attention only on what is truly your own concern and leave to others what concerns them, then you will be in charge of your interior life. No one will be able to harm or hinder you. You will blame no one and have no enemies. If you wish to have peace and contentment, release your attachment to all things outside your control. This is the path of freedom and happiness. If you want not just peace and contentment, but power and wealth too, you may forfeit the former and seeking the latter and will lose your freedom and happiness along the way. Ouch. As I read those words and then read them again and then read them again. It became painfully clear to me that I'd reverted back to my old self. John number two. Trying to control things. The way I reacted to things. Anger turned to bitterness. I was giving people and things my head free rent space. that didn't deserve it. I was letting my personal relationships go. I was letting it get in the way of my work time. Where I could have been really productive. Instead I was stewing and bitter and angry. So what have I learned about control? You can bring on your own suffering in two ways. The first, we try to control the things in life that we have no influence over. Other people, their beliefs, thoughts, actions, and values. The people, the elected officials that were holding up by permits. I brought on my own suffering because I was trying to control people. You cannot control people no matter how hard you try. You can't control the actions of others. You just can't. What else do we try to control in life that we've got no influence over? The weather. Perfect example just a couple of weeks ago. As I was writing some of the notes for this first episode back after the summer. I found myself in the Delta Sky Club delayed. Delay, delay, delay. Not because of Delta. Doesn't do them any good to delay the flight. The weather. At a ground stop in Atlanta. If you're a frequent flyer, you know a ground stop in Atlanta. is probably the last thing that you want to hear when you're flying delay 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 to the point that I knew I was missing my connection when I got to Atlanta how, how in the world am I going to get home I have no control over the situation but I had control over how I reacted and I remember that as I was writing the notes for this I was doing the research I was going back and rereading things I'd read several years ago I'm sitting in my seat as we land and I see the worst to start coming out in people around me they realize they've missed their connection too And I see how they're reacting. Bitter. They're angry. They're blaming the airline for it. It's not the airline's fault that there was bad weather. I wouldn't want to fly in that either. I'd rather have to worry about a missed connection than my own funeral. Yet these folks were only worried about themselves. Trying to control what they could not control. As I looked around, people were were angry and bitter and shoving. Yelling at the flight attendants. They were trying to control a situation they had zero control over, making themselves bitter and angry. Their time could have been better spent thoughtfully figuring out what is my next step. Now that I've landed in Atlanta, what am I going to do? How am I going to get home? There's also traffic, the economy, politics, time. Obviously, when we try to control the uncontrollable, putting efforts into an endeavor that we have zero leverage over as results in little to no impact ends up with feelings of powerlessness frustration anxiousness ineffectiveness bitterness anger in a nutshell we suffer when we harbor those feelings we're suffering we are making ourselves suffer the second way we suffer is not taking responsibility for what we control we control our beliefs our values our perspective and our actions Sometimes we forget that. As I close out episode number 16 of The Accidental Leader, I want to share with you these words from Robert Irvine in his book, A Guide to a Good Life. He said this, Now, this is a little bit long, so stay with me, but these words are so impactful. Robert Irvine said this, remember that among the things over which we have complete control are the goals we set for ourselves. I think that when a stoic concerns himself with things over which he has some but not complete control, such as winning a tennis match, he will be very careful about the goals he sets for himself. In particular, he'll be careful to set internal rather than external goals. Thus, his goal in playing a tennis match will not be to win the match, something external over which he has only partial control, but to play to the best of his ability in the match, something internal over which he does have complete control. He can practice, he can practice, he can practice, he can practice some more, he can be prepared when he goes into that match. He's got complete control over that, not whether he wins or not. By choosing this goal, he will spare himself frustration or disappointment should he lose the match. Since what is not his goal to win the match, he will not have failed to attain his goal as long as he played his best. He knows he practiced, he knew he gave it his all. His tranquility will not be disrupted. Let's take this into our personal life. Robert Irvine goes on to say this. Stoics would recommend, for example, that I concern myself with whether my wife loves me, even though this is something over which I have some but not complete control. But when I do concern myself with this, my goal should not be the external goal of making her love me. No matter how hard I try, I could fail to achieve this goal. And would as a result? Be quite upset. Instead, my goal should be an internal goal to behave to the best of my ability in a lovable manner. My goal with respect to my boss should be to do my job to the best of my ability. These are goals I can achieve no matter how my wife and my boss subsequently react to my efforts. By internalizing his goals in daily life, the stoic is able to preserve tranquility while dealing with things over which he has only partial control. You can't make people like you. Heck, just in short, you can't control people. You control what you bring to the table. You can control the effort that you put into it. You can control how you react. I leave you with those thoughts as I wrap up episode number 16 of The Accidental Leader. If you find yourself feeling insecure and not enough, remember this. You're not a perfectionist. You're insecure about how your best effort will be received. You have control over your best effort. You do not have control over how your best effort will be received. Nor should you concern yourself with that. That was a tough lesson I had to relearn. And I'm so glad that I have this podcast because while I hope it helps you, while I hope the stories that I share, the guests that I bring on, and the stories they share will inspire you, will help you learn, will help you grow, will help you be a better accidental leader. Really, this podcast is for me. That's why I'm continuing this podcast. Oh, yeah, it's going to go on. Because the homework that I did for this opening episode coming back after the summer break, I needed. I needed to hear this because I needed to get back on track. I, as an accidental leader, had fallen off course of remembering that I control my actions. I can't control others. I can't control how others feel or how they react. And that I'm also not a perfectionist. That I'm going to bring my best to this podcast. I'm going to bring my best to my team, to my company, to my friends, to my family. I'm going to go in knowing that I'm giving my best. It's going to look a little different on some days. But I know I'm going to go in and bring my best. I'm going to apologize when I don't celebrate when I do. So remember, you're not a perfectionist, you're insecure about how your best effort will be received. And you cannot control how that is received. Thank you for listening to episode number 16 of The Accidental Leader. I'm so glad to be back. I'm glad you are here for this episode. If you're just tuning in for the first time, be sure to check out past episodes at theaccidentalleader.com. You can get caught up on the first 15 episodes. We've had some great guests over the course of the last year. You can also sign up for our email to let you know when new episodes are published. That's at TheAccidentalLeader.com. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit TheAccidentalLeader.com. Courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company, and Uncommon.